and welcome to tonight's Zoomcast on Revelation, the Apocalypse of John, chapter 13. Starting in verse 1, and I saw another sign in the likeness of the kingdoms of the earth, a beast rise up out of the sea and stood upon the sand of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. Now cross-reference, Revelation chapter 12, verses 3 through 6. And notice the parallels between the beast that rises up out of the sea with seven heads, ten horns, ten crowns, and then red dragon, also with seven heads, ten horns, but seven crowns. And there appeared another sign in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns. And Joseph Smith makes the correction that dragon should be um, translated the devil. And seven crowns upon his head, and his tail drew a third part of the stars of heaven, and it cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman which was delivered, ready to devour her child after it was born. And verse 6, And the woman fled into the wilderness where she had a place prepared of God that she should feed her there a thousand two hundred and threescore years. So back to Revelation 13 verse 1. And I saw another sign in addition to those shown in Revelation chapter 12. The sign in Revelation chapter 12 was about the establishment of the kingdom of God on the earth, the restoration of the church of Christ and also the holy order in preparation for the return of Christ in his glory. And that this kingdom would be the stone that would roll forward, made without hands, and would fill the entire earth. And although the dragon would have reigned for a period of time, uh, the dragon and his beast and his whore would be put down. And I saw another sign in the likeness of the kingdoms of the earth, a beast rise up out of the sea, and stood upon the sand of the sea, having seven heads, ten horns, and upon his horns, ten crowns, and upon his heads, the name of blasphemy. Now, what exactly is blasphemy? Let's go to DNC 112. Verse 23, and verily I say unto you that darkness covereth the earth, and gross darkness the minds of the people, and all flesh has become corrupt before my face. Behold, vengeance cometh speedily upon the inhabitants of the earth, a day of wrath, a day of burning, a day of desolation, of weeping, of mourning, and of lamentation. And as a whirlwind it shall come upon all the face of the earth, saith the Lord. 
and upon my house shall it begin, and from my house shall it go forth, saith the Lord. First among those among you, saith the Lord, who have professed to know my name, and have not known me, and have blasphemed against me in the midst of my house, saith the Lord. Revelation 13 has both a political and a religious fulfillment. And the religious fulfillment is the one that we're going to be discussing tonight. And blasphemy is to claim that one has power and authority to act in the name of God and to declare, declare the mind and will of God, knowing full well that one does not. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. A clear allusion to the vision that Daniel had in Daniel 7. And they worshipped the dragon. Continuing in verse 2. And the dragon, which is the devil, gave unto him his power and his seat and great authority. And I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death. And his deadly wound was healed. And all the world wondered after the beast. And they worshiped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast. And they worshiped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies. And power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given unto him over all the kindreds, tongues, and nations. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. If any man have an ear, let him hear. He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. And he that killeth with the sword must be killed with a sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. Daniel chapter seven. In the first year, verse 1, of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions of his head upon his bed. Then he wrote the dream, and he told the sum of the matters. Daniel spake and said, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of the heaven strove up on the great sea, and the four great beasts came up. From the sea, diverse one from another. The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. I beheld till the wings thereof were plucked, and it was lifted up from the earth and made stand upon the feet 
as a man and a man's heart was given to it. And behold, another beast, a second, like to a bear. And it raised itself up on one side, and it had three ribs in the mouth of it between the teeth of it. And they said, Thus unto it arise and devour much flesh. And after this I beheld, and lo, another like a leopard, which had upon the back of it four wings of a fowl. The beast had also four heads, and dominion was given to it. After this I saw in the night vision, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, and strong exceedingly. And it had great iron teeth. It devoured and brake in pieces, and stamped the residue with the feet of it. And it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. And I considered the horns, and behold, there came up among them another little horn, before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots. And behold, in the horn were eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth speaking great things. And I beheld till the thrones were cast down, and the Ancient of Days did sit, whose garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head like pure wool. His throne was like the fiery flame, and his wheels as a burning fire. And the fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. A thousand thousands ministered unto him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. And the judgment was set, and the books were opened. And I beheld then, because of the voice of the great words which the horn spake, I beheld even till the beast was slain and his body destroyed and given to the burning flame. As concerning the rest of the beasts, they had their dominion taken away, yet their lives were prolonged for a season and time. I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. And there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people, nations, and language should serve him, and his dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed. I, Daniel, was grieved in my spirit in the midst of my body, and the visions of my head troubled me. And I came near unto one of them that stood by and asked him the truth of all this. So he told me, and made me know the interpretations of the things. These great beasts, which are four, are four kings or kingdoms, which shall arise out of the earth. But the saints of the Most High shall take the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. Then I would know the truth of the fourth beast, which was diverse from all others, exceeding dreadful, whose teeth were of iron and his nails of brass, which devoured, break in pieces and stamped the residue with his feet and the 10 horns that were in his head and of the other, which came up and before whom three fell, even of that horn that had eyes and a mouth that spake very great things, whose look was more stout than his fellows. I beheld, and the same horn made war with the saints and prevailed against them. 
until the ancient of days came and judgment was given to the saints of the most high. And the time came that the saints possessed the kingdom. Thus he said, the fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon the earth, which shall be diverse from all kingdoms and shall devour the whole earth and shall tread it down and break it in pieces. And the 10 horns out of this kingdom are 10 kings that shall arise and another shall rise after them. And he shall be diverse from the first and he shall subdue three kings. And he shall speak great work, great words against the Most High, and shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and think to change times and laws. And they shall be given into his hand until a time and times and the dividing of times. But the judgment shall sit, and they shall take away his dominion to consume and destroy it unto the end. And the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. Hitherto is the end of the matter. As for me, Daniel, my cogitations much troubled me, and my countenance changed in me, but I kept the matter in my heart. Let's, let's unpack some of these verses. Verse 10, a fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. A thousand thousands ministered unto him and 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him. The judgment was set and the books were opened, were opened before the ancient of days. Um, even father, having reference to the meeting at Adam on Diamond. And I beheld, verse 11, then because of the voice of the great words which the horn spake, I beheld even till the beast was slain and his body destroyed and given to the burning flame. So that the kingdom of God, which is birthed at the meeting at Adam on Diamond, ultimately overcomes the beast who is represented in Isaiah as the king of Assyria, king of Babylon, or that entity in the last days that amasses to himself a political, economic, and military power and becomes the staff and Lord's left hand to destroy the entire world. And according to the end of Isaiah 6, only 10% of the world survives, and only 1% qualifies for deliverance of both destruction and also from bondage. As concerning the rest of the beasts, they had their dominion taken away, yet their lives were prolonged for a season and time. And I saw in the night visions and beheld one like the son of man came with the cloud of heaven and came to the ancient of days and they brought him near before him. And there was given him dominion and glory and kingdom that all people, nations and languages should serve him his dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed. So at the meeting at Adam on Diamon, all of those prophets who held dispensational keys return those keys back to Father 
Father gave all the keys that ever did and will pertain to this earth to Christ. And in verse 15, I, Daniel, was grieved in my spirit in the midst of my body, and the visions of my head troubled me. And I came near unto one of them that stood by and asked him the truth of all this. So he told me and made me know the interpretation of these things. These great beasts, which are four, are four kings or four kingdoms, which shall arise out of the earth. The saints of the most high shall take the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. Talking about the kingdom of God that is established under the direction of the end time servant in Christ. Um, that kingdom being established at Adam on Diamond. Then I would know the truth of the fourth beast, which was the diverse from all others. Now, this fourth beast is the king of Assyria, king of Babylon. And, you know, his rise to power is in the last days. The other beasts have to do with things that happened previously, you know, even, um, you know, Joseph Smith's first ministry. But this fourth beast, you know, is the king of Assyria and king of Babylon, which was diverse from all others, exceeding dreadful, whose teeth were of iron and his nails of brass, which devoured, break in pieces and stamped the residue with his feet or destroys the entire earth before he's finished with his plan of destruction. And of the 10 horns that were in his head and of the other which came up before whom three fell, even of that horn that had eyes and a mouth that spake very great things, whose look was more stout than his fellows. I beheld, and the same horn made war with the saints and prevailed against them. This is the end time bondage which is coming which the whole world is going to go into even the saints of God. And this end time bondage will be the final test that will prove the saints of God, disciples of Christ or not. Until the ancient of days came and judgment was given to the saints of the most high. And the time came that the saints possessed the kingdom. This is when Joseph Smith comes on the scene and delivers out on the eve of destruction the strength of the Lord's house and begins that end-time exodus that culminates with establishing New Jerusalem and the gathering of Israel in final preparation for the return of Christ in his glory. Thus he said, the fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon the earth which shall be diverse from all kingdoms and shall devour the whole earth and shall tread it down and break it in pieces. And the 10 horns out of this kingdom are 10 Kings or 10 kingdoms that shall arise and another shall rise after them. And he shall be diverse from the first and shall subdue three Kings. He shall speak great words against the most high and shall wear out the saints of the Most High and think to change 
the times, and the laws, okay? We've taken a step back in time um, during the time of bondage and before, before the time of deliverance. And the religious application of this vision refers specifically to those that Christ talks about in Jeremiah 23 and JST Matthew 21. Or in JST Matthew 21. Verse 52. I, Jesus Christ, am the head of the corner. These Jews shall fall upon me and shall be broken. And the kingdom of God shall be taken from them and shall be given to a nation bringing forth the fruits thereof, meaning the Gentiles. Talking about the two restorations of the gospel, both in Joseph Smith's first ministry and his second ministry, but more specifically in his second ministry. And when the Lord thereof of the vineyard cometh, talking about the day of the Lord, or that day commencing at the abomination of desolation, or the end of the day of the Gentiles. And when the Lord thereof of the vineyard cometh, he will destroy those miserable wicked men, the husbandman in the vineyard, and will let again his vineyard unto other husbandmen, namely the residue of the first labors in the last kingdom talked about in DNC 101 and DNC 88. Even in the last days who shall render him the fruits in their seasons. And then understood they the parable which he spake unto them, the 12 apostles, that the Gentiles, which has been defined in verse 53 as the members of the church, um, more specifically during Joseph Smith's second ministry, who are not among those at the last of verse 55, who are gathered out by these other husbandmen to render the fruits in their seasons or to enter into and keep covenant with their God, that they might receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and enter into the Lord's rest, and thus be prepared to enter into and help establish New Jerusalem. So those Latter-day Saints who refuse the new and everlasting covenant are these Gentiles, which it says should be destroyed also. Also with whom? With, verse 55, the miserable, wicked husbandman in the vineyard. When the Lord should descend out of heaven to reign in his vineyard. Now, again, this phrase descend out of heaven in his vineyard isn't talking about, you know, that specific time period, which is the morning of the first resurrection, but rather the day of the Lord. That, you know, this um, day of the Lord commences with the end time abomination of desolation with the end of the day of the Gentiles talked about in DNC 45. So DNC 45 verse 28. And when the times of the Gentiles is come in, this is the commencement of Joseph Smith's second ministry in our generation. A light shall break forth among them that sit in darkness, and it shall be the fullness of my gospel. But they receive it not, for they perceive not the light. 
but they turn their hearts from me because of the precepts of men. And in that generation shall the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. Well, this time when the times of the Gentiles uh, shall be fulfilled is that day, you know, talked about, you know, here in JST Matthew 21, when uh, it said that the Lord should descend out of heaven and when the Lord thereof of the vineyard cometh. Again, it's not literally the morning of the first resurrection, but the day which beginneth the abomination of desolation at the fulfilling of the day of the Gentiles. And so back to Daniel chapter 7. Verse 19. Then I would know the truth of the fourth beast, which was diverse from all the others, exceeding dreadful, whose teeth were of iron, his nails of brass, which devoured, breaking pieces, and stamped the residue with his feet. Again, the destruction of the world by the king of Assyria, king of Babylon, and of the ten horns that were in his head, or the nations. And the leadership of the nations, which he props up and is the true power behind. You could also call these ten horns the new world order. And of the other which came up and before whom three fell. So among the nations of the new world order, there are going to be wars and even though they're all controlled by the same entity, they are going to be jockeying for position. Even of that horn that had eyes and a mouth that spake very great things, whose look was more stout than his fellows. And I beheld, and the same horn made war with the saints and prevailed against them. Okay, this is the world going into physical bondage of which um, COVID-19 was a prequel to locking down the entire world into bondage. But this bondage is going to be much more severe. Until the Ancient of Days came and judgment was given to the saints of the Most High, and the time came that the saints possessed the kingdom. Okay, again, the return of the end time servant on the scene. He's already been crowned at the meeting Adam on Diamond, and now he delivers God's people out of bondage. Thus he said, the fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon the earth, which shall be diverse from all kingdoms, and shall devour the whole earth, and shall tread it down and break it in pieces. And the ten horns out of this kingdom, are ten kings that shall arise, and another shall rise after them, and he shall be diverse from the first, and shall subdue the three kings. All right, the warring nations among those who participate in the New World Order. And he shall speak great words against the Most High, and shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and think to change the times and laws, and they shall be given into his hands until a time and times and the dividing of times. But the judgment shall sit, and they shall take away his dominion, to consume and to destroy it unto the end. 
and the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the most high, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and all dominions shall serve and obey him. So the king of Assyria, king of Babylon is not destroyed until right before the second coming of Christ in his glory. After he has destroyed the peoples of the entire earth and brought the world into ravage and ruin. And finally turns against Zion. And when he finally turns against Zion or against New Jerusalem, which is great and terrible, um, the destruction which he wields against Zion is turned upon his own head and he's destroyed. Now, Let's cross-reference 1 Nephi 13. Verses 2 through 9. And the angel said unto me, What beholdest thou? And I said, I beheld many nations and kingdoms. And he said unto me, these are the nations and kingdoms of the Gentiles. And it came to pass that I saw among the nations of the Gentiles, the formation of a great church. And the angel said unto me, behold, the formation of a church, which is most abominable above all other churches, which slayeth the saints of God, yea, and tortureth them and bindeth them down and yoketh them with a yoke of iron and bringeth them down into captivity. And it came to pass that I beheld this great and abominable church. And I saw the devil that he was the founder of it. Where the dragon gave unto the beast his power. And I also saw gold and silver and silks and scarlets. And fine twined linen and all manner of precious clothing. And I saw many harlots. And the angel spake unto me saying, behold the gold and the silver and the silks and the scarlets and the fine twined linen and the precious clothing and the harlots are the desires of this great and abominable church. These things are the whore of Babylon. And verses 20 through 29. And it came to pass that I, Nephi, beheld that they did prosper in the land. These are the Gentiles who have been brought over to North America. And at this point in the Book of Mormon, the term Gentiles refers to scattered Ephraim in Europe who have now been brought to North America. And it came to pass that I, Nephi, beheld that they, the scattered Ephraim or Gentiles in North America, did prosper in the land. And I beheld a book, and it was carried forth among them. And the angel said unto me, Knowest thou the meaning of the book? And I said unto him, I know not. And he said, Behold, it proceedeth forth out of the mouth of a Jew. Well, who is the mouth of a Jew? Who is this Jew? Jesus Christ. Primarily, it is the New Testament, but also the book of the prophets or the Old Testament. And I, Nephi, beheld it and said, and he said unto me, the book that thou beholdest is a record of the Jews. 
which contains the covenants of the Lord, which he hath made unto the house of Israel. And it also containeth many of the prophecies of the holy prophets. And it is a record like unto the engravings, which are upon the plates of brass, save there are not so many. Nevertheless, they contain the covenants of the Lord, which he hath made unto the house of Israel. Wherefore, they are of great worth unto the Gentiles. And the angel of the Lord said unto me, Thou, be, thou hast beheld that the book proceedeth forth from the mouth of a Jew. And when it proceedeth forth from the mouth of a Jew, it contained the fullness of my gospel, the gospel of the Lord. Or, as those who recorded the life and ministry of Jesus Christ, which we only have a small fraction of that total record. The total record is later called in 1 Nephi 13, the record of the 12 apostles. So we have a, a, a scant um, amount of the record of the 12 apostles in the New Testament, which um, has been greatly changed and had many plain and precious doctrines removed from it. Um, by the Catholic Church, just as the Old Testament had many plain and precious doctrines removed from it by the Deuteronomists, you know, six to 700 BC. You know, who are the ones who corrupted the Hebrew religion into the Jewish religion? You know, removing 93 books by Ephraimite prophets. Continue in verse 24. And when it proceedeth forth from the mouth of a Jew, it contained the fullness of the gospel of the Lord, of whom the twelve apostles bear record, and they bear record according to the truth which is in the Lamb of God. Wherefore, these things go forth from the Jews in purity unto the Gentiles, according to the truth which is in God. And after they go forth by the hand of the twelve apostles of the Lamb, from the Jews unto the Gentiles. Now, this is talking about the personal ministry of the 12 to the Gentiles, you know, after Christ's resurrection. Thou seest the formation of the great and abominable church. By 100 AD, the church of Christ, the terrestrial order, was now in full apostasy. That great and abominable church, which is most abominable, above all other churches for the tactic of the adversary is to infiltrate that which is sacred, take it over and present his own profane version. Thou seest the formation of the great and abominable church, which is most abominable over, over all other churches. For behold, they have taken away from the gospel of the lamb, many parts which are plain and most precious and also many covenants of the Lord have they taken away. And all this have they done that they might pervert the right ways of the Lord, that they might blind the eyes and harden the hearts of the children of men. Wherefore thou seest, after the book hath gone forth through the hands of the great and abominable church, that there are many plain and precious things which are taken away from the book, which is the book of the Lamb of God. And after these plain and precious things were taken away, it goeth forth unto all nations of the Gentiles, 
and after it goeth forth unto all nations of the Gentiles, yea, even across many waters, which thou hast seen with the Gentiles, which have gone forth out of captivity, thou seest because of the plain and precious things which have been taken out of the book, which were plain unto the understanding of the children of men, according to the plainness which is in the Lamb of God, because of these things which are taken away out of the gospel of the Lamb, an exceedingly great many do stumble, yea, insomuch that Satan hath great power over them. Now, there is also parallel to what the Catholic Church did to the New Testament. Um, to what those who were in charge of the restoration would do to the gospel of Jesus Christ as it would be transmitted, you know, down through the generations, you know, from the time of Joseph's ministry. Verse 32 through 34. Neither will the Lord God suffer that the Gentiles shall forever remain in that awful state of blindness. Again, talking about, uh, at this point, the Gentile nation. Which thou beholdest, they are in, because of the plain and most precious parts of the gospel of the Lamb, which have been kept back by that abominable church, which formation thou hast seen. Wherefore, saith the Lamb of God, I will be merciful unto the Gentiles, unto the visiting of the remnant of the house of Israel in great judgment. And it came to pass that the angel of the Lord spake unto me, saying, Behold, saith the Lamb of God, after I have visited the remnant of the house of Israel, and the remnant of whom I speak is the seed of thy father, wherefore, after I have visited them in judgment, and smitten them by the hand of the Gentiles, again talking about the Gentile nation, North America, and after the Gentiles... Um, again, Gentile nation, North America do stumble exceedingly because of the most plain and precious parts of the gospel of the lamb, which have been kept back, namely that there is priesthood authority, that baptism by water must be administered by one holding proper priesthood authority, that one must receive Christ and believe in him by offering up the sacrifice of a broken heart and contrite spirit. And the terms of the sacrifice must be received by revelation. And during a dispensation of the fullness of the gospel, when one offers up the sacrifice and receives baptism of water by proper authority, then Christ will plead their case before father and when he received permission from father to adopt them as sons or daughters, then is the ordinance of baptism of fire and baptism of the Holy Ghost authorized to be performed. And then they might be instructed about how to part the veil and enter into the Lord's rest. So these are the most plain and precious parts of the gospel that have been taken out of our New Testament by the Catholic Church, and out of the Old Testament by the Deuteronomists. Because of the most plain and precious parts of the gospel of the Lamb, which have been kept back by that abominable church, which is the mother of harlots, saith the Lamb, I will be merciful unto the Gentiles in that day, in the day of the restoration of the gospel the first time under Joseph Smith. 
in so much that I will bring forth unto them in mine own power much of my gospel. Well, why much of my gospel and not the fullness of my gospel? For the exact same reason as we read in DNC 84 regarding the children of Israel, who, when they rejected the fullness of the gospel and the opportunity to receive the endowment of power, which is the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, which sanctifies a man, a woman, or a people, preparatory to entering into the rest of the Lord. Verse 25 in DNC 84, then he took Moses out of their midst and the holy priesthood also. And the lesser priesthood continued, which priesthood holdeth the key of the ministry of angels and the preparatory gospel, which gospel is the gospel of repentance and baptism and the remission of sins and carnal commandments. Well, that is the much of my gospel, because that's precisely what the Latter-day Saints were demoted to under the presidency of Joseph Smith, because they also rejected the new and everlasting covenant, even as the children of Israel did. In fact, a few verses later in DNC 84, verse 55, which vanity and unbelief have brought the whole church under condemnation. This is 1832. And this condemnation resteth upon the children of Zion, even all. And they shall remain under this condemnation until they repent and remember the new covenant, even in the Book of Mormon. Well, when would the Latter-day Saints repent and remember the new covenant, even in the Book of Mormon? In the last days, in verse, in DNC 84, when the light would break forth among them that sit in darkness, and it should be the fullness of my gospel. This is the day of the Gentiles coming in, ushered in during Joseph Smith's second ministry. And so going back to 1 Nephi chapter 13. The end of verse 34, I will be merciful unto the Gentiles in that day, insomuch that I will bring forth unto them in mine own power much of my gospel. Because like the children of Israel before us, we rejected the fullness, and so we were demoted to the preparatory gospel, which shall be plain and precious, saith the Lamb. So even though we don't have the fullness of what was restored to Joseph Smith, still the fullness of the gospel is to be found in the scriptures of the restoration. And the Aaronic priesthood is to be found in the LDS church, and that adds up to quite a lot. But it is only a beginning. And God's people not only receive the preparatory gospel, but they recognize it for what it is and the limitations that it has. And they hunger for the greater portion or the meat to come after the milk, which is the fullness of the gospel, including the Melchizedek priesthood and the ordinances of baptism, of fire baptism of the Holy Ghost, and entering into the rest of the Lord. And then, continuing, verse 37, And blessed are they who shall seek to bring forth my Zion at that day. Well, at this day, is a different day than in verse 34, I will be merciful unto the Gentiles in that day. 
And that day is Joseph Smith's first ministry in verse 37. At that day is commences in Joseph Smith's second ministry. And blessed are they who shall seek to bring forth my Zion at that day. Um, talking about the they are referred to in DNC 88. Verse 85, verse 80, that ye may be prepared, ye first labors in the last kingdom, uh, you who ordained to the second order of Melchizedek priesthood on June 4th, 1831, and shortly thereafter um, with Joseph Smith, that ye may be prepared in all things when I shall send you again, not during Joseph Smith's first ministry, but during his second to magnify the calling whereunto I have called you and the mission with which I have commissioned you. I've sent you out to testify and warn the people and becometh every man who hath been warned to warn his neighbor. Therefore, they are left without excuse and their sins are upon their own heads. Therefore, tarry ye and labor diligently, that you may be perfected in your ministry to go forth among the Gentiles for the last time. For only those who became perfected in their ministry, which is only a residue of the first labors in the last kingdom, who would become perfected in their ministry and thus would qualify to return with Joseph. That you may be perfected in your ministry to go forth among the Gentiles for the last time, or this last time begins in the opening of the day of the Gentiles talked about in DNC 45 that we read. As many as the mouth of the Lord may name shall name to bind up the law and seal up the testimony and to prepare the saints for the hour of judgment, which is to come that their souls may escape the wrath of God, the desolation of abomination which awaits the wicked both in this world and in the world to come. Verily I send to you, let those who are not the first elders continue in the vineyard, meaning that it will not only be the first labors in the last kingdom who qualify to return with Joseph, but also many others. If you have desires to serve God, God, you're called to the work. And many are called, but few are chosen. But, those who are not the first elders who labor in the vineyard have as much chance and opportunity as the return of the first labors in the last kingdom, if they will magnify their calling and reap diligently while the summer um, is in season. As it says, In DNC 45. And again, I say, verse 2 hearken unto my voice, lest death shall overtake you. In an hour when ye think not, the summer shall be past, the harvest ended, and your souls not saved. 
So back in 1 Nephi chapter 13, verse 37, And blessed are they who shall seek to bring forth my Zion at that day, or the laborers in the vineyard, both the first laborers in the last kingdom and those who are not the first elders, but are called and labor as laborers. For they shall have the gift and the power of the Holy Ghost. Even though it has not been available since the death of Joseph Smith for 170 years, yet it becomes available again because Joseph opens the heavens. And they shall have the gift and power of the Holy Ghost. And if they endure unto the end, they shall be lifted up at the last day and shall be saved in the everlasting kingdom of the Lamb. It is not sufficient only to begin the work of the laborer. One must finish the harvest as a laborer, and they shall be lifted up the last day, or they shall qualify for New Jerusalem and to um, dwell with Christ a thousand years. And whoso shall publish peace, ye tidings, great joy, how beautiful upon the mountains shall they be. And verse 39, and after it had come forth unto them, after what had come forth, um, verse 38, the book of the Lamb of God, unto, in this context, the Lamanites. I beheld other books, which came forth by the power of the Lamb from the Gentiles unto them. Um, this is talking about the coming forth of the Book of Mormon, coming forth of the Doctrine and Covenants, the translation, as we're going to read, of the Twelve Apostles, the Record of the Prophets, which is the translation of the Brass Plates, which the Book of Moses is only the beginning of the translation of the Brass Plates. I beheld other books, which came forth by the power of the Lamb, from the Gentiles, or from the Latter-day Saints, unto the Lamanites, unto them, unto the convincing of the Gentiles. Um, this is the same as we read in DNC 88, when the first labor should be sent among the Gentiles for the last time, that they might escape the abomination of desolation. The convincing of the Gentiles and the remnant of the seed of my brethren, and also the Jews. For those of the Latter-day Saints who enter into and receive the fullness of the gospel and keep covenant with their God will be the gatherers of Israel, starting on the end-time exodus. After laboring in the vineyard among the Latter-day Saints, that the records of the prophets or the translation of the brass plates and of the 12 apostles, which is the full New Testament of which our current New Testament is only a sliver of the lamb are true. And the angel spake unto me saying these last records, which thou hast seen among the Gentiles shall establish the truth of the first which are of the 12 apostles of the Lamb, and shall make known the plain and precious things which have been taken away from them, and shall make known to all kindred tongues and people that the Lamb of God is the Son of the Eternal Father, the Savior of the world, 
and that all men must come unto him. And again, coming unto him is defined as receiving him or believing on his name. Defined in 3 Nephi chapter 9 as offering up the sacrifice of a broken heart and contrite spirit. That all men must come unto him or they cannot be saved. And they must come according to the words which shall be established by the mouth of the Lamb. And the words of the Lamb shall be made known in the records of thy seed, as well as in the records of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. Wherefore, they both shall be established in one. Now, many thought that this is talking about the Joseph Smith translation of the Bible that he accomplished during his first ministry and the Book of Mormon. But he only scratched the surface in his first ministry of translating the Bible. Um, for the most part, he only got through the very first uh, part of Genesis on the brass plates, which is the book of Moses. And then he made some inspired revisions to the rest of the Old Testament and the New Testament. But this is a fraction of 1% of what is being talked about here in verse 41. That the records of thy seed, the Book of Mormon, as well as the records of the 12 apostles of the Lamb, Wherefore, they shall both be established in one. And they're both established in one at the commencement of the end time exodus. And the record of the 12 apostles combined with the Book of Mormon will be the missionary tool that the elders will take forth unto the convincing of the Gentile nation and also the Lamanites that Jesus is the Christ, that the doctrine of Christ is in fact the gospel of Jesus Christ and the only way to come unto the Father. And the record of the 12 apostles will establish the truth of the Book of Mormon, and the Book of Mormon will establish the truth of the record of the 12 apostles, starting in North America, but then going to the Christians of the entire earth while the record of the prophets will stand hand-to-hand -hand unto the convincing of the Jews that Jesus is the Messiah and that the doctrine of Christ is the only gospel and the gospel with which they have to do. For there is one God and one shepherd over all the earth, and the time cometh that he shall manifest himself unto all nations, both unto the Jews and unto the Gentiles talking about Christ's first ministry. And after he has manifested himself unto the Jews and also unto the Gentiles in his first ministry, then he shall manifest himself unto the Gentiles or unto the Latter-day Saints first, and then unto the gathering the Gentile nation, the establishment of New Jerusalem, and then the rest of the house of Israel, which includes the Jews. And then shall he manifest himself unto the Gentiles and also unto the Jews, and the last shall be first, and the first shall be last. And now, 1 Nephi chapter 14. And it shall come to pass that if the Gentiles shall hearken unto the Lamb of God in that day. In what day? When the day of the Gentiles comes forth. When Joseph Smith opens, or he opened the heavens, and a light broke forth among the Latter-day Saints who sat in darkness, even the fullness of the gospel. 
and it became possible again to receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and enter into the Lord's rest. And it shall come to pass that if the Gentiles, or if the Latter-day Saints shall hearken unto the Lamb of God in that day, in the day of the Gentiles, that he shall manifest himself unto them in word and also in power, in very deed unto the taking away of their stumbling blocks. Well, what are the stumbling blocks of the Latter-day Saints? Well, just as the great and abominable church removed the doctrine of Christ from the New Testament, and the Deuteronomists removed the doctrine of Christ from the Old Testament, so did the LDS Church remove the doctrine of Christ from the mainstream teachings of the church. That's the stumbling block. And, verse 2, harden not their hearts against the Lamb of God, or if they will offer up the sacrifice of a broken heart and contrite spirit and truly submit their will to fathers and be willing to replace error with truth and lower truth with higher truth. They shall be numbered among the seed of thy father. Yea, they shall be numbered among the house of Israel. How is this possible? Because when one receives the baptism of fire, baptism only goes to Gentile blood is burned out of us and we become blood Israel. And you know, qualify to receive that instruction about how to enter into the rest of the Lord. And they shall be a blessed people upon the promised land forever, for they shall be the gatherers of Israel. And they shall no more be brought down into captivity. First, spiritually, because the leaders of the church removed the doctrine of Christ from the mainstream teachings of the church. And second, physically, because the king of Assyria, king of Babylon, is going to bring them into physical bondage. And the house of Israel shall no more be confounded. And that great pit, and this is very germane to what we're reading in Revelation, what we just read in Daniel 7, and what we're going to be reading in Daniel 8. And that great pit which hath been digged for them, for the Latter-day Saints, by that great and abominable church, which was founded by the devil, meaning that the leaders of the church have now merged with the great and abominable church, and they are one. That they might lead away the souls of men down to hell. Yea, that great pit which hath been digged for their destruction shall be filled by those who digged it. Or, as Christ says in JST, Matthew 21 again, and when the Lord thereof, therefore, thereof, Therefore, of the vineyard cometh, he will destroy those miserable, wicked men, and will let again his vineyard unto other husbandmen, even in the last days who shall render him the fruits in their seasons. Or the miserable, wicked husbandmen in the vineyard. Yea, that great pit, back in 1 Nephi 14, verse 3, that hath been digged for the destruction of men, specifically of the Latter-day Saints, and in a broader context, all men, shall be filled by those who digged it. Unto their utter destruction saith the Lamb of God, not to the destruction of the soul, 
save it be the casting of it into that hell which hath no end. For behold, this is according to the captivity of the devil, and also according to the justice of God upon all those who work wickedness and abomination before him. And it came to pass that the angel spake unto me, Nephi, saying, Thou hast beheld that if the Gentiles repent, it shall be well with them, or that portion of the members of the Church of Latter-day Saints, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, who receive the fullness of the gospel, who repent and return, and enter into and keep covenant with their God, it shall be well with them. And thou also knowest concerning the covenants of the Lord unto the house of Israel. And thou also hast heard that whoso repenteth not must perish, both among the house of Israel and among the Latter-day Saints. Therefore, woe be unto the Gentiles or Latter-day Saints, if it so be that they harden their hearts against the Lamb of God. The time cometh, saith the Lamb of same the Lamb of God, that I will work a great and marvelous work among the children of men, a work which shall be everlasting either on the one hand or on the other, either to the convincing of them unto peace and eternal life. Now, notice that this convincing of them is the same term that was used in 1 Nephi 13.39 regarding Joseph Smith's second ministry. And after it had come forth unto them, I beheld other books which came forth by the power of the Lamb from the Gentiles unto them, unto the convincing of the Gentiles and the remnant of the seed of my brethren, and also the Jews who were scattered upon all the face of the earth, that the records of the prophets and the twelve apostles of the Lamb are true. Now, this exact same phraseology is used in JST Genesis 50, speaking of the exact same time. Now, in verse 30, referring to Joseph in his second ministry, and again, a seer will I raise up out of the fruit of thy loins. This is Joseph in Egypt. And unto him will I give power to bring forth my word unto the seed of thy loins. That's a first ministry reference. And not to the bringing forth of my word only, saith the Lord, but to the convincing them, second ministry reference, but to the convincing them of my word, which shall have already gone forth among them in the last days. Okay, this is exactly what we're reading about in 1 Nephi 13. It's exactly what we're reading about in 1 Nephi 14. Wherefore, the fruit of thy loins shall write and the fruit of the loins of Judah shall write. This is exactly what we're reading about in the at the end of 1 Nephi 13. And also that which shall be written by the fruit of the loins of Judah shall grow together unto the confounding of false doctrines, meaning that the book of Mormon is going to stand with the record of the prophets and the record of the 12 apostles to the converting of the entire world who will receive it unto the fullness of the gospel and establishing peace among the fruit of thy loins and bringing them to a knowledge of their fathers in the latter days. And also the knowledge of my covenant saith the Lord and out of weakness shall he, the end time servant be made strong in that day when my work shall go forth among all my people. Second ministry. This is the beginning of the Exodus which shall restore them who are of the house of Israel in the last days. And that seer will I bless, and they that seek to destroy him shall be confounded. 
For this promise I give unto you, for I will remember from you from generation to generation, and his name shall be called Joseph, and it shall be after the name of his father, and he shall be like unto you, Joseph, in Egypt, and he is also in earlier verses likened unto Moses. For the thing which the Lord shall bring forth by his hand shall bring my people unto salvation. Now, going back to 1 Nephi chapter 14, verse 7. For the time cometh, saith the Lamb of God, that I will work a great and marvelous work among the children of men, a work which shall be everlasting either on the one hand or on the other, either to the convincing them unto peace and life eternal, or unto deliverance of them to the hardness of their hearts, i.e. the separation of wheat and tares, and the blindness of their minds unto their being brought down into captivity, and also unto destruction both temporally and spiritually according to the captivity of the devil, of which I have spoken. And it came to pass that when the angel had spoken these words, he said unto me, Remember, Remember thou the covenants of the Father unto the house of Israel? And I said unto him, Yea. And it came to pass that he said unto me, Look, and I beheld that great and abominable church, which is the mother of abominations, whose founder is the devil. Again, we're reading about this exact same thing in Revelation chapter 13. And he said unto me, Behold, there are saved two churches only. The one is the church of the Lamb of God, and the other is the church of the devil. Wherefore, whoso belongeth not to the church of the Lamb of God belongeth to that great church, which is the mother of abominations, and she is the whore of all the earth. And it came to pass that I looked and I beheld the whore of all the earth, and she sat upon many waters, and she had dominion over all the earth and among all nations, kindreds, tongues, and people. And it came to pass that I beheld the church of the Lamb of God, and its numbers were few, again restored during Joseph Smith's second ministry, because of the wickedness and abominations of the whore who sat upon many waters. Nevertheless, I beheld that the church of the Lamb, who were the saints of God, were also upon all the face of the earth, and their dominions upon the face of the earth were small because of the wickedness of the great whore whom I saw, who has taken away from the gospel the doctrine of Christ, the plain and precious parts. And it came to pass, verse 13, that I beheld that the great mother of abominations did gather together multitudes upon the face of all the earth, among all the nations of the Gentiles, to fight against the Lamb of God. And it came to pass that I, Nephi, beheld the power of the Lamb of God, and it descended upon the saints of the church of the Lamb, and upon the covenant people of the Lord, who were scattered upon all the face of the earth, and they were armed with righteousness, and with the power of God in great glory. And it came to pass that I beheld that the wrath of God was poured out upon the great and abominable church, insomuch that there were wars and rumors of wars among all the nations and kindreds of the earth, or the king of Assyria, king of Babylon, rings out war upon all the nations of the earth and 
is the staff in the Lord's left hand to destroy 90% of the world's population. And I would assert because the Latter-day Saints have even greater light and knowledge of the fullness of the gospel because of the scripture of the restoration than the rest of the earth that the percentage will be higher among the Latter-day Saints. And as there began to be wars and rumors of wars among all the nations which belong to the mother of abominations, the angel spake unto me, saying, Behold, the wrath of God is upon the mother of harlots, and behold, thou seest all these things. And when the day cometh that the wrath of God is poured out upon the mother of harlots, which is the great and abominable church of all the earth, whose founder is the devil, then at that day the work of the Father shall commence. Or... The wrath of God is poured out on the mother of harlots at the beginning of the abomination of desolation, which DNC 112 says starts among the leadership of the Latter-day Saints and then goes to membership, just as GST Matthew 21 said. Again, DNC 112 Verse 24, behold, vengeance cometh speedily upon the inhabitants of the earth, a day of wrath, a day of burning, a day of desolation, of weeping, of mourning, of lamentation, and as a whirlwind it shall come upon the face of all the earth, saith the Lord. And upon my house shall it begin, and from my house shall it go forth, saith the Lord. First among those among you, saith the Lord, who have professed to know my name, and have not known me, but have blasphemed against me in the midst of my house, or have declared to the people of God, that they have power and authority to act in his name, knowing full well they do not. So back in 1 Nephi chapter 14. And when the day cometh, verse 17, that the wrath of God is poured out upon the mother of harlots, which is the beginning of the abomination of desolation, which is the destruction that begins within the LDS church which is the great and abominable church of all the earth, whose founder is the devil. Then at that day, the work of the father shall commence. Well, when does the work of the father commence? When the strength of the Lord's house is gathered out from among the Latter-day Saints and the end time exodus commences with the gathering of Israel. That's the beginning of the work of the father to reclaim Israel. The work of the father shall commence in preparing the way for the fulfilling of his covenants, which he hath made to his people who are of the house of Israel. In 1 Nephi 22. Starting in verse 8 and going through verse 25. And after our seed is scattered, the Lord God will proceed to do a marvelous work among the Gentiles. Well, the marvelous work among the Gentiles is the light that breaks forth among them that sit in darkness. It's the separation of wheat and tares among the Latter-day Saints, and it's the gathering out of the wheat on an end-time exodus. Which shall be of great worth unto our seed. Why? Because it's the Gentiles who are gathered out, who are going to be the missionaries, who are going to bring the record of the Book of Mormon and also of the 12 apostles to the Lamanites to show them that the doctrine of Christ is the true religion. And it's the only way to come unto God. 
will proceed to do a marvelous work among the Gentiles, which shall be of a great worth unto our seed. Wherefore, it is likened unto their being nourished by the Gentiles and being carried in their arms and upon their shoulders. Now here, Nephi is likening Isaiah to his own people. And this applies not only to the Lamanites, but to all the house of Israel. And those who carry in their arms and upon their shoulders, Israel are the end time gatherers, not only among the Gentiles, but also those who make it among the Gentiles on the end time exodus, and then will be the gatherers of Israel from the four corners of the earth. And it shall also be of worth, verse 9, unto the Gentiles, because a portion of the Latter-day Saints will also be saved. And not only unto the Gentiles, but unto all the house of Israel, unto the making known of the covenants of the Father of heaven unto Abraham, saying that in thy seed shall all the kindreds of the earth be blessed. And I would, my brethren, that ye should know that all the kindreds of the earth cannot be blessed unless he shall make bare his arm in the eyes of the nations. Well, this is Isaiah imagery. Making bare his arm in the eyes of all the nations is the coming on the scene in the second ministry, his end time servant. Wherefore the Lord will proceed to make his bare bear his arm in the eyes of all the nations and bringing about his covenants and his gospel unto those who are of the house of Israel. Wherefore he will bring them again out of captivity and they shall be gathered together to the lands of their inheritance and they shall be brought out of obscurity and out of darkness. And they shall know that the Lord is their savior and their redeemer, the mighty one of Israel. And the blood of the great and abominable church, which is the whore of all the earth, shall turn upon their own heads, for they shall war among themselves, and the sword of their own hands shall fall upon their own heads. The destruction of the wicked by the king of Assyria, king of Babylon, and they shall be drunken with their own blood. And every nation which shall war against thee, O house of Israel, shall be turned one against another. And they shall fall into the pit which they dig to ensnare the people of the Lord. This same pit that we read about in 1 Nephi chapter 14, which begins with the pit which is dug to ensnare the Latter-day Saints, but then goes from there to ensnare uh, God's people wherever they might be found upon the earth. And all that fight against Zion shall be destroyed. And that great whore who hath perverted the right ways of the Lord, yea, that great and abominable church shall be, shall tumble to the dust, and great shall be the fall of it. For behold, saith the prophet, meaning Isaiah, the time cometh speedily that Satan shall have no more power over the hearts of the children of men. For the day soon cometh that all the proud and they that do wickedly shall be as stubble, and the day cometh that they must be burned. For the time soon cometh that the fullness of the wrath of God shall be poured out upon all the children of men. For he will not suffer that the wicked shall destroy the righteous. Wherefore, he will preserve the righteous by his power. Um, a metaphor, an Isaiah metaphor for the Lord's end time servant. Even if it so be that the fullness of his wrath must come. 
and the righteous be preserved even unto the destruction of their enemies by fire. Wherefore, the righteous need not fear, for thus saith the prophet, they shall be saved, even if it so be as by fire. Well, as we read in DNC 103, angels shall go up before the Lord's people on the end time exodus. And the first among these being the end time servant Joseph, who having the second order of Melchizedek priesthood sealed upon him at Adam on Diamond, which was um, alluded to previously in Revelation 13. And this is the power in JST Genesis 14, by faith at the end of verse 30, to break up mountains, to divide the seas, to dry up the waters, to turn them out of the course, to put it defiance the armies of nations, to divide the earth, to break every band, to stand in the presence of God, to do all things according to his will, according to his command, subdue principalities and powers, and this by the will of the Son of God, which was from before the foundation of the world. And back to First Nephi 22. Verse 17, wherefore he will preserve the righteous by his power, even if it so be that the fullness of his wrath must come, and the righteous be preserved even unto the destruction of their enemies by fire. Wherefore the righteous need not fear, for thus saith the prophet, they shall be saved even if it so be as by fire. Behold, my brethren, I say unto you, that these things must shortly come, yea, even blood and fire and vapor of smoke must come, and it must needs be upon the face of this earth, and it cometh unto men according to the flesh, if it so be that they will harden their hearts against the Holy One of Israel. For behold, the righteous shall not perish, for the time surely must come that all they who fight against Zion shall be cut off, and the Lord will surely prepare a way for his people unto the fulfilling of the words of Moses which he spake, saying, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you like unto me. And he and, and him shall ye hear in all things whatsoever he shall say unto you. Now there are two men likened unto Moses. The one is the prophet likened unto Moses, who is Jesus Christ. And the second is the man like unto Moses, who is Jesus Christ and time servant. And it shall come to pass that all those who will not hear that prophet shall be cut off from among his people, while the word of that prophet is delivered by his end-time servant. And now I, Nephi, declare unto you that this prophet of whom Moses spoke, spake was the Holy One of Israel, wherefore he shall execute judgment in righteousness. And the righteous need not fear, for they are those who shall not be confounded, but it is the kingdom of the devil which shall be built up among the children of men, which kingdom is established among them, which are in the flesh. For the time speedily shall come that all churches, which are built up to get gain and all those who are built up to get power over the flesh and those who are built up to become popular in the eyes of the world. And those who seek the lusts of the flesh and the things of the world and to do all manner of iniquity Yea, in fine, all those who do belong to the kingdom of the devil are they who need fear and tremble and quake. 
They are those who must be brought low in the dust. They are those who must be consumed as stubble. And this is according to the words of the prophet. The time speedily cometh that the righteous must be led as calves of a stall. And the Holy One of Israel must reign in dominion and might and power and great glory. And he gathereth his children from the four quarters of the earth. And he numbereth his sheep and they know him. And there shall be one fold and one shepherd and he shall feed his sheep. And in them shall they find pasture. And now Second Nephi 28. Verses 17 through 19. But behold, if the inhabitants of the earth shall repent of their wickedness and abominations, they shall not be destroyed, saith the Lord of hosts. But behold, that great and abominable church, which is the whore of all the earth, must tremble, must tumble to the earth, and, the, and great must be the fall thereof. For the kingdom of the devil must shake, and they which belong to it must needs be stirred up unto repentance. For the devil will grasp them with his everlasting chains, and they be stirred up unto anger and perish. For behold, at that day shall he rage in the hearts of the children of men and stir them up to anger against that which is good. And others will he pacify and lull them away into carnal security that they will say, all is well in Zion. Yea, Zion prospereth. All is well, and thus the devil cheateth their souls and leadeth them away carefully down to hell. And I would remind you what you just heard in general conference. And now second Nephi six. Verses six through seven. And now these are the words, thus saith the Lord God, behold, I will lift up mine hand to the Gentiles and set up my standard to the people. And they shall bring my sons in their arms, and thy daughters shall be carried upon their shoulders. Okay, the standard is both the end-time servant and the fullness of the gospel. The end-time servant is the one who sets up the standard. And kings shall be thy nursing fathers and queens their nursing mothers. Talking about the time when the wheat of the Gentiles will go forth on the exodus to gather Israel. And kings shall be their nursing fathers and their queens thy nursing mothers. They shall bow down to thee with their faces toward the earth and lick up the dust of thy feet. And thou shalt know that I am the Lord, for they shall not be ashamed that wait for me. In verses 12 through 18. And blessed are the Gentiles, they of whom the prophet has written. For behold, if it so be that they shall repent. Okay, again, we're talking about the Latter-day Saints in our day. And fight not against Zion. And do not unite themselves to that great and abominable church. They shall be saved. For the Lord God will fulfill his covenants which he hath made unto his children. And for this cause, the prophet has written these things, the prophet Isaiah. Wherefore, they that fight against Zion and the covenant people of the Lord shall lick up the dust of their feet. And the people of the Lord shall not be ashamed. For the people of the Lord are they who wait for him. 
and they still wait for the coming of the Messiah. And behold, according to the words of the prophet, the Messiah will set himself again the second time to recover them, both Israel and the Gentiles. A second time. Wherefore, he will manifest himself unto them in power and great glory, unto the destruction of their enemies when that day cometh, when they shall believe in him, and none will he destroy that believe in him. And they that believe not in him shall be destroyed, both by fire and by tempest, both metaphors in Isaiah for the destructive power of the king of Assyria, king of Babylon. And by earthquakes and by bloodsheds and by pestilence and by famine. And they shall know that the Lord is God, the Holy One of Israel. For shall the prey be taken from the mighty or the lawful captive be delivered? But thus saith the Lord, even the captives of the mighty shall be taken away and the prey of the terrible shall be delivered. Meaning that God's people will be delivered from bondage, from the captivity of the king of Assyria, king of Babylon. For the mighty God shall deliver his covenant people. For thus saith the Lord, I will contend with them that contendeth with thee. And I will feed them that oppress thee with their own flesh. And they shall be drunken with their own blood as with sweet wine. And all flesh shall know that I, the Lord, am my, thy Savior and thy Redeemer, the mighty one of Jacob. And now, DNC 85. Again, talking about subduing the power of chaos. Verses 7 and 9. And it shall come to pass that I, the Lord God, will send one mighty and strong, holding the scepter of power in his hand, clothed with light for a covering, whose mouth shall utter words, eternal words, while his bow shall be a fountain of truth, to set in order the house of God and to arrange by lot the inheritances of the saints whose names are found and the names of their fathers and of their children enrolled in the book of the law of God. Now pay attention to this book of the law of God, for it's going to re-emerge um, this book several times. And verse 9, and all they who are not found written in the book of remembrance shall find none inheritance in that day, but they shall be cut asunder and their portion shall be appointed them among unbelievers where are wailing and gnashing of teeth. And third Nephi 24. Verse 16. Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another. The Lord hearkened and heard. And a book of remembrance. And this is going to come up in Revelation 13. The book of remembrance was written before him. For them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. And Alma 5.
verses 56 through 58. And finally, all ye that persist in your wickedness, I say unto you that these are they who shall be hewn down and cast into the fire, except they speedily repent. And now I say unto you, all you that are desirous to follow the voice of the good shepherd, come ye out from the wicked and be ye separate and touch not their unclean things. And behold, their name shall be blotted out. But the names of the wicked shall not be numbered among the names of the righteous in that heavenly book. That the word of God may be fulfilled, which saith the names of the wicked shall not be mingled with the names of my people. For the names of the righteous shall be written in the book of life. And unto them will I grant an inheritance at my father's hand. And now, my brethren, what have ye to say against this? I say unto you, if ye speak against it, it matters not, for the word of God must be fulfilled. Verse 37, O ye workers of iniquity, ye that are puffed up in the vain things of the world, ye that have professed to have known the ways of righteousness, nevertheless have gone astray as sheep having no shepherd, notwithstanding a shepherd hath called after you, and is still calling you, but ye will not hearken unto his voice. Behold, I say unto you that the good shepherd doth call you. Yea, and in his own name he doth call you, which is the same, or which is the name of Christ. And if ye will not hearken unto the voice of the good shepherd, to the name by which ye are called, behold, ye are not the sheep of the good shepherd. And now if ye are not the sheep of the good shepherd, of what fold are ye? Behold, I say unto you that the devil is your shepherd, and ye are of his fold. And now who can deny this? Behold, I say unto you, whosoever denieth this is a liar and a child of the devil. And BNC 128. Verses six through seven. And further, I want you to remember that John the Revelator was contemplating this very subject in relation to the dead when he declared, as you will find recorded in Revelation 20, verse 12. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books which were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And you will discover in this quotation that the books were opened and another book was opened, which was the book of life. But the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. Consequently, the books spoken of must be the books which contained the record of their works and refer to the records which are kept on the earth. And the book of which was the book of life is the record which is kept in heaven the principle agreeing precisely with the doctrine which is commanded you in the revelation contained in the letter which I wrote to you previous to my leaving my place, that in all your recordings it may be recorded in heaven. Now continuing in Revelation 13. 
and verse two, and the beast, which I saw was like unto a leopard and his feet were as the feet of a bear and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. Again, um, hearkening back to Daniel seven and the dragon Satan or the devil gave him his power and his seat and great authority. This is the great and abominable church. And I saw one of his heads as if it were wounded to death. Well, we're going to read about the wounding of this head in Daniel chapter 8. And the wounding of this head was accomplished by Joseph Smith in his first ministry. And I saw one of his heads as if it were wounded to death. And remember, there is both a political and a religious um, layer in this revelation. We're currently talking about the religious. And his deadly wound was healed. The deadly wound becomes healed when those who were closest or some of those who were closest, the majority of the 12, plotted against Joseph Smith and exacted the martyrdom. And his deadly wound was healed. And all the world wondered after the beast. And they worshiped the dragon, who was Satan, which gave power unto the beast. Because by this point, there has been a uniting of those who had the restoration and the great abominable church. And they worshiped the beast or the devil saying, who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies. Well, the only ones who can speak blasphemies are those who can claim that they have legitimate title to the power and authority of God, but are as wolves in sheep's clothing. And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies and power was given unto him to continue 40 and two months. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. Think of the recent words sent out to all members of the church. The vaccine is safe and effective. Think of the words of Elder Christofferson three or four general conferences ago, extolling the virtues of UN Agenda 2030, which is the plan for global depopulation. Think of the episode of Music and the Spoken Word, which was all about the founding of the United Nations and how its goals were in exact alignment with those of the LDS Church.
and it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them, to get them to take the shots and to abandon the doctrine of Christ. And this has not all yet been fulfilled, but is beginning to be fulfilled. And power was given unto him over all kindreds, tongues, and nations. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Because remember by this time, um, there has been a uniting, as we read in 1 Nephi 14, between the heads of the Latter-day Saints and uh, the great and abominable church which preceded them. If any man give an ear, let him hear. He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. Or the Lord God will destroy those miserable, wicked men. Just Matthew 21. He that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. Or that pit which hath been digged for them shall be filled by those who digged it. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. For the patience, patience and the faith of the saints is that even there they're going to go into extreme captivity, yet they will wait upon the Lord will not abandon themselves and will be delivered and will not be destroyed. But it will be, it will go down to the wire. Remember in 3 Nephi chapter 1, that there was a day appointed where all of those who believed in the prophecies of Samuel the Lamanite, of the birth of Jesus Christ and the sign which would be given in the heavens, all of them would be put to death if the sign was not received. And so it comes down to the very day uh, in which they are to be put to death and the sign is given. Or they were delivered on the eve of destruction precisely as the Latter-day Saints will also be delivered on the eve of destruction, but it's going to come down to the wire just as it did with the Nephites. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. So time is actually running short. And so we will, we will pause here um, and we will call this part one of Revelation chapter 13. And we will continue next week with Revelation chapter 13, part two, and pick up in verse 11.